There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Walton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 5th of July, 2010. I always start off the show by suggesting to newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website because there's hundreds of audios for download covering a whole variety of topics, mainly to do with the direction the world's going, why it's here, uh, the way it is, and who's behind it, and how long it's been going on for, because it's so incredibly huge, this whole organization that runs the world, plans the future, and uh, plans wars, in fact, even world wars, uh, documented as well, from their own books, of course, in their archives. But uh, it's so huge, in fact, that people can't really believe it. But look into the, the CuttingThroughMetrics.com website, look for yourself, listen to them, look at all the links I give you to the big organizations that proudly put up their stuff on the net. And you can buy their books as well. They're generally only read by their own members, but they are available to the general public. Just see that the world isn't just stumbling along. We're going along a, a big business plan. And remember that you should always bookmark all the sites you see on the front page of the comm sites for future use in case the big ones go down, which might happen tonight. In fact, I've got problems both with the phone. Um, I could even download by um, dial-up on, on the computer. And now the satellite's gone down as well at the same time. So that's quite something. This kind of thing happens to me quite often. I'm kind of used to it. So... Download them, and remember that all these sites have translations of a lot of the talks I give in English, but if you want uh, languages, uh, other languages and translations, go into alanwattsentinel.eu, and you can download those for print out as well. Uh, while you're at it, go into the articles I sell, the discs I sell, the books I've written, and sell on the site as well. And remember, you can order those from uh, the U.S. to Canada by using personal check or you can use a, an international postal money order from your post office. Cash is okay. PayPal is good to donate or to purchase. If you want to purchase, send a donation in a separate email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, it's the same story. Uh, PayPal for donations or for ordering. You can use uh, MoneyGram and Western Union, and some people still send cash, and it seems to get through. So... That's how to do it. That keeps me going, as I say, because it takes a, uh, this is not a job. It's not a business. It's not, I'm not selling any particular uh, expensive metals or anything. The ads you hear in this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN to air this broadcast. And it pays for their, their technicians, their board ops, their equipment, and their bills, and their upgrades. Because everything, as you know, today doesn't last very long, all the junk that we buy at this electronic. So we all have bills to pay. You can help me pay mine by purchasing the items I have for sale or donating to me. So go into cuttingthroughmates.com website. Uh, remember, today I might have a, a, a time getting it up at all uh, the, 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 onto the Internet 
um, by satellite. It depends if it's kicked back in again by the time the show is over. Most folk go in at the after, after the show, especially across the world where they're, they're just in time zones. Some of them are just getting out of their beds, some are going to bed, and they get up in the mornings and then they listen. So if you have any problems at all, um, don't blame me. It's the satellite companies, ExploreNet and so on that give me a hard time. And literally, I can't pull anything down off satellite right now, even though there's no storm outside or anything at all. But that's the way it goes. And as I say, I've even had trouble with the telephone line for dial-up, and I can't even um, bring down any pages from various news articles and so on. So I've got stuff stored here regardless I can talk about tonight, and that will have to do us. Now some music coming in. So I'll go into these stories when I come back from this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, we're living through amazing changes today, as we all know, changes, but most people see it, most of the public see it as from the daily newspapers that are given out to the different classes. And believe you me, um, those who rule the world literally control uh, the three levels of newspaper uh, and the items that you're going to read and what's going to be your, your talk the next day with your friends and so on. Uh, for, even from the ones who manage you in government, they put out newspapers just for them. They've been doing that for over a hundred years, well over a hundred years in fact. Quigley did document this in Tragedy and Hope in the Anglo-American establishment that uh, even in London, for instance, in the 1800s, uh, they put out the Times of London. Of course, they got the Times of India, the New York Times, all these different Times um, newspapers were theirs. And that was to get to those who are put into bureaucracies and civil service positions so that they'd get a fixed mindset along the directed way that those who controlled the world wanted them to think and manage the people underneath them. And then from the middle classes, they gave them, uh, again, a separate type, some of the same information, but other stuff as well. And then for the, for the bottom, you get the usual scandal rags with lots of sex and oohs and ahs and that kind of stuff in it, which still happens today. That's how we're managed uh, with their, what we call news. But at the bottom level, since that's the, the bulk of the populace, uh, we're taught to think that things just happen uh, by chance. Uh, catastrophes come and go. Uh, world wars even come and go uh, just spontaneously. And governments deal with crisis all the time. Uh, banks just collapse, just boom, just like that. And we all have to suffer, bail out, and get into debt because of it. We're, we're taught this, and most people really believe that's just how it is because it's too complex for them to figure out how even the huge world banking system runs and the stock market runs. And, and in fact, it's so secretive, really, at the top. I mean, who does own the major shares of all big corporations? Because, you see, they've got those who sell in the stock market for the general public, and there's always the, the bulk, the, the dominant shares that are sold off to inside members. Well, who are these inside members? Well, they're the ones who own the stock market. You can't guide the world along a certain path unless you own the stock market, this big casino. And as you know, in casinos, the house always wins. Now, as I say, Britain was a test country for all of this. In fact, it was the nucleus 
where they started off an empire, a British empire. I've gone through the Milner Group a little bit that, that uh, quickly talked about, and the Cecil Rhodes Foundation that worked with the Milners. They consolidated into the Royal Institute for International Affairs-CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, and they caused the, Bro- the Boer War. They faked the Boer War by attacking Boers. They'd brought their Times reporters over from London months in advance to gear the public up for some trouble coming with the Boers. They were telling them how badly the Boer people, the Dutch people, were treating the English settlers, all to get them ready for this. And they also agreed on the, the date where the Jameson group that belonged to the Milner group would attack the Boer settlements, blame the Boers, and the, the, the woman reporter that they sent over, in fact, immediately um, had it in the, in the times that the Boers had attacked and wiped out English settlers to get the British army in and take over the whole country. That's what it was after. But a, a war. Thousands and thousands were died in that war. Thousands of Boers died in concentration camps set up by the British. Amazing. They called them internment camps. Of course, they were concentration camps. And at the same time they were doing that, the Times of London in the 1800s, late 1800s, was also gearing up uh, from about 1890 onwards, uh, anti-German feeling because they wanted a world war with Germany. It's all documented in the archives at the Royal Institute of International Affairs. They got what they wanted, and they also got out of it what they wanted was a League of Nations where they could sign international treaties. They they created the League of Nations. They put their own boys into it, of course, to run it. Still do today, the the United Nations. And through these treaties, they create a world society, standardization. And everyone must come into it. And it was Milner who coined the term because the British Empire was coined as far back as John Dee and Francis Bacon uh, in the 1500s. They wanted an empire based on free trade in the 1500s. But they've worked down through the centuries into, as I say, the Rhodes, Milner, different names for different eras, but it's the same groups on the go, with the bankers all in it, international bankers, of course. And they, they got the League of Nations. That was a big, big step up for it to get that over. They thought the world would come to their knees after so much fighting and loss of blood uh, and give up their sovereignty and simply go right into it. But the U.S. held out, even though... They got Wilson to promote it. The U.S. held out and they couldn't get it through. So uh, they held out, even though they had uh, unofficial members there with voting rights, because they didn't want the American public to know, right up until they created the United Nations. And the same group funded the Bolshevik Revolution for the big experiment for Russia, fast consolidation of many countries under one standardization, fastest way to do it. And they had the, the, the groups working with the Far East at the same time through di- diplomats and, and VIPs sent out by the British Home Office and Department of Foreign Affairs. So we're simply going through the, the last stage of this part of it for total world domination that also includes, of, of course, their eugenics policies. They've been at eugenics for not a long time. Uh, they are the ones who own the big five agra businesses. That's why no one can touch them in courts. When their seed spreads off to farmers' lands, uh, no judge will stand up and, and side with the farmer. And we actually had it told in Canada to a farmer in the high court in Canada that I don't care, he said to the, to the accused, 
uh, how that seed got on your land, he said, whether it was blown off trucks, which actually it was, or a bird pooped it out and it grew. He says, uh, you're guilty for having their property with your seed growing on the land amongst his own stuff. So that means that there's something much bigger backing them, and it's also something powerful enough to tell judges what to do, obviously. The Milner group eventually called, uh, the, rather than the British Empire, they called it the Commonwealth. And then they said they would call it the Commonwealth of Nations, which would be uh, the embryo and the nucleus for the U.S. to finish off the job, basically, under a world government through the United Nations. And that's what we've been going through for over a 100 years now, towards this policy. And it's not to be a nice and happy ending where we're all happy, multicultural, and so on, and multi-religions and all that stuff, and carrying on in their own ways. No, it's a controlled authoritarian society. It's post-democratic. That's the stage we're at now. And I'll be talking about that later tonight from a Rockefeller report that was put out for the Global Business Network with the same scenarios that the think tanks who work for the British military and the U.S. military put out a couple of years ago on the next 35-year scenarios with all their doomsday prophecies and so on. This, is, these are for the, this was done for the biggest group of international corporations on the planet. They're all part of the Rockefeller Group and the, the Global Business Network. And I'll give you the links to look this up for yourself, too. That's how overwhelmingly massive the world is run and interlinked with these guys at the top. They've missed nothing. Now, see, Britain being the test base for everything, really, all social policies, um, PSYOP operations on the minds of the public, um, is to be spread across the world. What the U.S. is going through now, really, is a fast takedown. And I said this would come years and years before. I said when they're finishing off, using the U.S. to finish off, standardizing and grabbing the Middle East, they'll be pulling the rug from under the feet of the Americans back home. That's exactly what's happening. Because the U.S. is to mold into the very system it helped to create. That's what's happening. And I've got an article here from uh, USA uh, uh, magazine here. Back from Maine, it says, The Obama administration Thursday unveiled its new national security strategy uh, recognizing the need for military force but as a last resort and stressing the need for, to increase international diplomatic cooperation. Um, when you scroll down this link, which I'll give you, you'll see that their main topic really is homegrown terrorism. And it means that people who, who are adopting what they call extremist ideology or causes, who are captivated by them, it says here. So they use that citizen, the U.S. citizen that was charged with trying to detonate a bomb in New York's Times Square back in May as an excuse to now monitor and go after internally all people that they claim have extremist views. Now, what's extreme? Extreme is anything outside the authorized opinion given by the major media. And even when they give you little tidbits to fight over, that's still authorized. So they don't care if it's left-wing, right-wing fighting each other and all that kind of stuff. 
and slanging each other. That's traditional. That's what they call authorized information. And of course, it says here, U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Mr. Obama's National Security Advisor James Jones will each give separate speeches Thursday outlining aspects of the doctrine. And Brennan, also from the administration, said the new doctrine will make a major break with former President George W. Bush by clearly stating the conflict with Al-Qaeda is not a war on terror or on Islam, which, of course, technically it's not because it's a standardization of the whole country and the whole system. It's all of those things into one. And Brennan also said the pressure on al-Qaeda from anti-terrorism efforts in Afghanistan, Pakistan and Iraq is forcing the organization to change its tactics and recruit foot soldiers who can slip through the U.S. security nets. So as I say, I'll put that link up because it leads into the other stories for tonight. Now that's the break coming up here and I'll get back to you. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're back cutting through the matrix. As I say, you have to always look towards Britain. They're way ahead. Actually, the, the, the U.S. is going to catch up awfully fast They're in the process now of catching up to Britain. But they've still got some way to go right now because uh, Britain's already taxing most of the money back that people earn from them to put by and spying on them. And uh, the U.S. has still got to go all that way yet. As a, this, of course, Britain's already got what's called the National Health Service, where it's, it's deteriorated to almost a third world status. And that's not kidding at all. In fact, most of the, the, the employees now I was reading today, I think 45% of all the nurses uh, come from foreign countries, generally from the third world countries, uh, lots from India. And the same with their doctors. They're not training anybody you see within uh, the country anymore pretty well. And so they just bring them in from other countries. And people can't get jobs in Britain, in fact, because they can't get training. They can't afford training and all that kind of stuff. The same thing's happening in the U.S. too, in a lot of different sectors. And it will happen even more so, especially in the health sector, once they really get up and running. They'll import most of what they need. You'll find that's the way they go. Now, also in Britain, it's bad enough they've got millions of these CCTV cameras watching everybody everywhere all the time. It's incredible that this is a, a so-called the, the country, again, big con, that gave everyone democracy. It was always a con. But they are admitting they're pretty well post-democratic now. They're authoritarian. And under this guise, this fake war on terror, the, the real reason, of course, is to put us all under the microscope or the CCTV camera. But you wouldn't believe the lengths they've gone to, and it's still to come to the U.S. today. They are putting cameras in in different places in California and elsewhere, very quietly. Uh, some of them you'll see, other ones are hidden. And you won't find out about the hidden ones for maybe five to ten years down the road, if they ever want to tell you. That's all that is. This article here is from the express.co.uk. Uh, local councils uh, are using bugs in lamp posts. No kidding. Listing bugs in lamp posts to eavesdrop on you. Now, I thought it was ludicrous when the, the little lollipop uh, women that used to do the crossing in the streets with the school children with this big lollipop, these zebra crossings, they call them, uh, they put cameras in those things too. 
for between $5,000 to $10,000 each. That's up and running now. No kidding. They put a camera in them, so she puts it up and the cars don't stop or don't slow down fast enough. The cops uh, get the license plates and all the rest of it. But this article here is, is even, even your lamp posts are bugged. I wonder what isn't bugged. And this is from July the 5th. This is high-powered spy microphones on street lampposts are being used uh, for snooping uh, by snooping council officials to listen in on private conversations. A network of new intelligent listening devices which can monitor discussions has been deployed, to tell you after the facts, on Britain's streets for the first time. I wonder how long they've really had them there. The so-called Seagard system has been tested in London, Manchester, Birmingham, Glasgow and Coventry. The microphones connected to CTV cameras can recognize aggressive trigger words. This is the BS they're giving us, which is bothersome stuff. Um, trigger words and sounds then automatically direct cameras to zoom in on the speakers. Well, they'll be doing that anyway for quite a long time. Manufacturers denied the system is used to record conversations. Well, they're liars. I mean, did they really, really believe, are really that bad that they can talk down to us like children with simple lies like that, you know? Of course, that's what they're for, is to record conversations. It analyzes sound patterns to pick out angry or distressed voices. But the makers would not pledge that in the future, Seagard would not be used to record whole sections of speech. Privacy campaigners do their usual stuff. You condemn the surveillance system, attacking as another erosion of personal freedom. And you know something, they can keep with all their different societies that, that condemn uh, can condemn till hell freezes over because telling these guys ain't going to change it. Haven't you noticed? But they give these front organizations, privacy campaigners, and so, a sort of semi-official status because it makes you feel better or someone's doing something about it. Well, yelling about it isn't doing a darn thing, folks. Nope. No, you could get down your, your, your city councils there and you demand to get them ripped right out right now. That's what you do. That's what you do. Who's serving who here? Maybe they'll get honest and tell you that you're really there to serve them. Maybe they'll tell you for the first time and be really honest about it. So it says news of the use of Seagard comes to light just days after around 200 cameras with number plate recognition software in Birmingham were mothballed when it emerged that they were being targeted at the city's Asian districts. You have to be uh, non-white today to get any rights. No kidding. Because they're scared of causing racial riots. So when they found they were using these cameras to, to watch um, the Asian districts, they mothballed them temporarily, mind you. They will sneak them back on open again uh, when folk get distracted with something else. Karina uh, Ferguson, a lawyer for human rights group Liberty, criticized, well, criticize all you want, Karina, um, because it ain't going to do any darn good. These decisions were made long before you came along, years before, in fact, you came along, uh, or your group. And, uh, and decided at high quarters, above government, with the guys who manufacture them, including all the conversations of how to slip them in and how to con the public when they were slipping them in and what lies to tell the public as more and more appeared. So that's what the U.S. has got to look forward to if it doesn't do something now with all the things that are going down inside and I'll go into other related areas about this because it's very important that folks start doing something now. Don't wait. Back after these messages.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix, talking about the incredible spying that's going on and how they use their Pearl Harbor event, as they called it, in the New American Century Club to get it going. Obviously, a a well-planned-out future scenario right up to the present and beyond was done long before 9-11 happened. They needed the the Pearl Harbor events, and bingo, we're all under martial law, basically. And we've seen the escalation of police powers. We've seen the cops change their mentality completely. And... uh, We've seen basically, too, that your last steps of demonstration, especially in Canada, uh, that's your last step before revolution, by the way, according to democracy, um, has been trashed as well. It's totally ignored, and they have their their provocateurs at any demonstrations and protests. They have their provocateurs, professionals brought into the country sometimes, gangs of them that do this across the world and uh, when they're hired by governments. And... Um, they're nullified, basically. The protests are nullified because of them. So they're, they're giving the, the, the finger, basically, to democracy or even the idea of democracy. Not that every one of these groups should get what they want anyway, but I mean, it's, it's because really it's a circus. These demonstrations we're seeing today are circuses uh, from, to even the zeitgeist bunch that want computers to rule the world, just like um, I think it was Wellesley's um, uh, world brain, he called it, a sort of system of data collection that would monitor everybody in the world at the same time. Uh, it was also in Arthur C. Clarke's 3001, his last novel, that computers would monitor everybody in the world to make sure they were all well-behaved and so on. This is an ongoing agenda, agenda going back to the late 1800s to the present. And that includes your Internet, folks. Because what we're given is the latest in any scientific area is low-level stuff that's been done long before. Now, I was waiting for this too. Uh, we, we know, for instance, that we've been monitored with the Internet since day one. That was part of the whole reason of giving us the Internet, is to make it easier for them to not only give us topics to talk about and shape our, our thoughts, just like they'd use television, but also uh, to monitor everything that we look into to build personality profiles. And I've got the links up in the archive section of cuttingthroughthematrix.com where I've gone through... Um, all the, the, the virtual world the Pentagon has with everybody in North America in it, a duplicate of you. And it's updated daily with your emails and your chats to your friends and all the rest of it that they collect. They add it to your personality profile, to your little avatar there, and um, they predict what you would do in different circumstances with computer simulations. And apparently they're very, very accurate because people put out so much stuff about themselves. It's, it's uh, disgusting. Disgusting. Those people are gone. They are not. They will not survive. What's coming down? Now, Ixquick says here: search engines should become the government spies. Says the the EU Parliament, this strange non-democratic uh, parliament that even ex-Soviet leaders have said is non-democratic, and they're right about it. It's not set up in a democratic structure. As dictatorial from the top down, and the politicians are there for show because all they can do is yell at each other. They have no rights to change any bill or introduce laws. 
So it says here, um, Ixquick and Startpage will fight Big Brother Data Retention Clause in Declaration 29. Uh, so this is from Brussels and New York and Zeist, uh, Netherlands Business Wired. A draconian proposal to retain all Internet search traffic known as Written Declaration 29 was adopted by the European Parliament last week. Framed as a measure to crack down on paedophiles, they're always so darned handy, these paedophiles, eh? They used that in Australia to, to silence some Internet sites. And uh, the first one they silenced was a, a Christian website that, that was protesting against abortion. Not the paedophiles. The paedophiles and all the porno goes ahead as usual. So they're liars about everything, of course. But then they've got to treat us like children, you see. We're low IQ'd at the bottom here. We're poisoned with the food and our injections, and we can't think too strongly. So um, they've got to just treat us like children. So it's to, it's to crack down on paedophiles. They're so worried about paedophiles, apparently. Since the controversial declaration calls on the EU to require that search engines store all search traffic for up to two years for possible analysis by authorities. Possible analysis. Do you think they have been analyzing it all up to? All they're doing is give themselves open legal rights to do what they've been doing all along. It says search engine Xquick. Uh, widely regarded as the world's most private search and has built a strong privacy reputation by storing no search data on its users. The company believes it has been singled out by the data retention proposal and has vowed to strongly oppose the measure becoming law. They're forcing all servers into it, it says here, basically. And what they do there, they do everywhere else because we are global, you see, if you haven't quite got the message. It's interesting when Kissinger was asked abroad when he was giving a talk in Europe what was meant by uh, the U.S. definition of a terrorist, if you would define it, is that a, a, a terrorist is basically someone who is nationalistic and is against the, the global um, society, the global society with global trade and global governance. That was the definition of it. So now you know. Now, I could go on and on about all the different things that are happening, but it's it's good again to go back to Britain because it gives you everything that's happening across the world. They try it all out there first. They use a psychology on the public to see how they accept it. Any any protest, they find ways to overcome that and still get what they want, and then they use it much quicker and easier abroad by using the the PSYOP techniques they've learned to use. This is from The Telegraph. And it says here, there's an electric car with an Intel-connected car applications. The car which is being developed by researchers at computer chip giant Intel will record information about the vehicle's speed, steering, and braking, along with video footage from inside and outside the vehicle. This is to be the new cars they're coming out with now. Uh, where's the debate with the public? If they, well, there's none, because you don't matter. You just do what you're told, you see. So this would uh, be automatically sent to police and insurance companies in the event of an accident. Now, you know it's going to be sent to them automatically all the time as you're driving with no accident happening, right? And tracking wherever you go and photographing even the houses that you drop in front of and all the rest of it. That's what it's about. And from the rear as well, front and rear. So here they give you their children's uh, explanation again because we're children. Uh, it will send this off to the cops and to the insurance companies in the event of an accident to make it easier to determine the cause of car crashes and identify the person responsible. See, if there's a half a per- of 1% of plausibility 
in the BS, but the bothersome stuff again, that they give us. Uh, most of the public out there will, will they go into that la la land, or, uh, click click it mode, you know, and they, well maybe you know, oh, well maybe, <laughs> and that, that's that's it, that's it, that's a decision made for well maybe maybe it's like, maybe they're right, you know, that's how it's done, that's how it's done, and I'll put these links up to remember it cuttingthroughmidges.com at the end of the show if I, the satellite's working, it's still not working now, so, but. That's the world, the brave new world we're, we're coming into. It was planned a long, long time ago. And really, um, unless people really want to stop it and do stop it, all hell is to come. We have to go through absolute hell. I'm also putting a link up on the Military Balance Report 2010. A very interesting one from the International Institute for Strategic Studies. It says here, uh, on Wednesday the 3rd of February 2010, the ISS launched the Military Balance 2010, the annual assessment of the military capabilities and defense economics of 170 countries worldwide. But they also give the scenarios of wars that are coming, uh, are happening, or are, are at the skirmish stage right now. Since the Military Balance 2010 contains region-by-region region analysis of the major military and economic developments affecting defense and security policies and the trade in weapons and other military equipment. Comprehensive tables detail major military training activities, United Nations and non-UN deployments. See, they use both, you see, so they can... When you want to get the heat off your own country or, or off the United Nations, use the mercenary groups to go in and do all the dirty killing. And then who did you complain to? Well, you see, we can't do anything. They're, they're, not, they're not ours. They're not the government's and so on. That's how they do it. I've always done that that way. That's how they've always been. It says, and give data on key equipment holdings and defense economics, as well as defense expenditure trends over a 10-year period. But you're all going to pay for it. It says, the military balance contains an NC on the defense industry of India, includes an updated chart of conflict worldwide, a wall chart showing current conflicts around the world with, with selected supporting tables. This year's military balance examines key issues including the conflict, not the conflict <laughs> in Afghanistan. It's a conflict, folks, or was it a policing action? I haven't quite defined it yet. The development of Iraq security forces, the debate over NATO's strategic concept and operations in Afghanistan, an update on EU military operations and progress of reforms in the Russian armed forces, Military developments in Africa, including conflicts in the progress of the African Standby Force Initiative. You, you know, the UN's creating armies all over the planet, a unified army. And developments in China's People's Liberation Army. The book examines wider defense developments in East Asia and Australasia, South and Central Asia, Latin America and the Caribbean, Europe and the Middle East and North Africa and North America. Hmm. So... You can, I'll put that link up too for you to peruse. And I think if you buy the book, actually, um, unless you're, you belong to one of these charitable foundations, you know, that send the mercenaries across the world. There's another article here. It's interesting too. I've oft, often said that scientists themselves who do the cutting ups of brains and stuff and, and, and all the stuff to do with neuroscience, which is all about controlling the public worldwide. That's what neuroscience is about. How to eventually control everyone. It's a mixture of eugenics and psychology and a whole bunch of other things and predictability uh, of 
behavior, patterns of behavior rolled into one. That's the big science they call it now. There's an interesting discovery. A neuroscientist uncovers a dark secret. And that's from NPR. It says here, the criminal brain has always held the fascination for James Fallon. This is June 29th. For nearly 20 years, a neuroscientist at the University of California, Irvin, has studied the brains of psychopaths. They cut them apart and chop them and stuff, and other ones do. Uh, in Canada, too, I watched one great uh, video done at university here uh, by Persinger, I think it was, who's a high up there, who's also worked for the Pentagon. It says here, he studies the biological basis for behavior, and one of his specialities is to try to figure out how a, a killer's brain differs from yours and mine. Four years ago, Fallon made a startling discovery. It happened during a conversation with his then 88-year-old mother, Jenny, at a family barbecue. I said, Jim, why don't you find out about your father's relatives? Jenny Fallon recalls, I think there were some cuckoos back there. So he investigated his, his genealogy, and he found a whole lineage of very violent people. Killers, he says. One of his direct great-grandmothers, Thomas Cornell, was hanged in 1667 for murdering his mother. That line of Cornells pr- produced seven other alleged murderers, including Lizzie Borden. Cousin Lizzie, as fallen rally calls her, was accused and controversially acquitted of killing her father and stepmother with an axe in Fall River, Massachusetts, in 1882. A little spooked out by his ancestry, Fallon set out to see whether anyone in his family possesses the brains of a serial killer. Because he studied the brains of dozens of psychopaths, he knew precisely what to look for to demonstrate he opened his laptop Call an image of the brain in his computer screen. And what happens, basically, a part of the screen <coughs> uh, will light up with emotions, etc., normal emotions, and you'll see different colors coming up on the, the imaging and psychopaths' brains, basically, just to cut it short. And it's just behind the eyes to see this, this part of the brain. is. Just look at that. It says there's almost nothing here. This is the orbital cortex, the area that Fallon and other scientists believe is involved with ethical behavior. See, that's what they're into. Now, ethical behavior is whatever kind of culture they eventually give you as a permanent-type culture. And they'll decide what ethical is. Uh, moral decision-making. Again, morality is flexible. They can give you, they make you cannibals one time and they make you vegetarians the next time. Whatever it happens, that becomes moral. It's decided at the top. It says, and impulse control. People with low activity in the orbital cortex are either freewheeling types or sociopaths, he says. He's clearly oversimplifying, but Fallon says the orbital cortex puts a break on another part of the brain called the amygdala, which is involved with aggression and appetites. But in some people, there's an imbalance. The orbital cortex isn't doing its job, perhaps because the person had a brain injury or was born that way. Now, I've mentioned political ponderology before, where they even suggest that everyone... Um, who wants to get into um, control positions over the public should be tested, basically. And I suggest that every child should be taught the, the behavior of psychopaths so that they can spot them themselves. I really think they should. But definitely those who want to go into positions over you where they can pass laws and use force against you. He says, what's left? What takes over? He asks, the area of the brain that drives your ID type behavior, your id type behaviors, that which is rage, violence, eating, sex, and drinking, talking about the primitive um, survival parts. So he persuaded persuade 10 of his close relatives to submit to a PET uh, brain scan, give a blood sample as part of a project to see where his family had a risk for developing Alzheimer's disease. 
Then after learning about his family history, he examined the images and compared them with the brains of psychopaths. His wife's scan was normal, his mother was normal, his siblings were normal, his children were normal. But then he looked at his own PET scan and saw something disturbing that I did not talk about, he said. What he didn't want to reveal was that his own orbital cortex looked inactive. If you look at the PET scan, it looks just like one of those killers. Well, I think you'd have to be, because see, these are the people who put various animals to death all the time and then cut them up, and they're full of curiosity as to what their brains look like and chop them into little slices and look under the microscope and stuff like that. So you have to be a bit psychopathic to do that, you see. You can be trained into it, but you can also catch yourself and get out of it before you completely go into, really, a person who's an obedient killer. When they're told to kill these animals, they do. All these animals in tests, you know, they kill them after experimentation. They don't send them home as pets. That goes from, from, from mice right up to dogs and everything else they use. Fallon cautions that this is a, a young field. Scientists are just beginning to study this area of the brain, much less the brains of criminals. Still, he says, the evidence is accumulating that some people's brains predispose them towards violence and that psychopathic tendencies may be passed down from one generation to another. And he gives the part about the three different ingredients you need. Along with the, the scans, Fallon also tested the family's members' DNA for genes that are associated with violence. We did 12 genes related to aggression and violence and zeroed in on the MEOA gene, monoamine oxidase A. This gene, they'll do that often in, in medication for, for people who are depressives, monoamine oxidase inhibitors to give them. This gene, which has been a target of considerable research, is also known as the warrior gene because it regulates serotonin. Now, you can imagine these scans and this kind of propaganda is going to come in and tested on everyone to see if you have what they call a warrior gene. You could be a problem. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watermore, Cutting Through the Matrix. I'll put that link up too about psychopathy. And you always have to remember, when you're, something's released to the general public, in a news format, you've got to look to see what else is behind it. And as I say, they're going to start scanning people, obviously, for what they call warrior genes, which means you might start fighting back against some terrible oppression, and uh, they might not want that, and might have to terminate you, maybe even in the womb. Who knows, because that's all the rage these days. Now, I also talked about the, the Global Business Network and the Rockefeller Foundation that help fund uh, this big study on the coming scenario for the next 30 years. It ties in exactly with the British military think tank, the U.S. military think tank, which I've read, and it's in the archive section, both of them. Uh, one of them's a 90-page report going up to the possible scenarios up to the year 2035 and beyond, some of them up to 2015 and beyond. Well, this is the same thing done for the big business corporations. I'll put the link up for you as well. And this ties in, by the way, why I keep harping on about uh, the Unabomber and the net, uh, the video that's up on my website um, with a link on it where you can actually watch it. Excellent um, to find out what was really behind why this particular Harvard professor was targeting these other guys at Harvard. I've gone through the story of them who were into technocracy, Inc. They believed, just like H.G. Wells, that the technocrats should rule the world. Those who were higher revolved. These are the same guys who gave you the computer, even the terms, personal computer and all the rest of it. 
and designed and thought about that way back in the 60s. They also helped uh, get the, the, the drugs and rock and roll going by pushing out bands like the Grateful Dead, loaded with LSD to just throw all over the crowds, get them into it. And that's part of the culture creation, because that was your speciality part. The big boys control them too, of course. They control all sections of society that influence you. They create cultures, they alter cultures, they direct cultures, and make the society exactly the type they want to. And it all starts again at the education level as well. So remember that Stuart Brand was the guy who also gave you the whole Earth catalogue and founded Wired magazine and did a, a, doc, a talk on that so a week or two ago. And it says he is the main progenitor of this entire techno-utopia scientific dictatorship that the Unabomber rallied against. That's why they wouldn't let this Unabomber, who was a professor, a top professor, who could have been, been the head, uh, the dean of, of Harvard, according to the other the deans that already existed in his day. But he suddenly turned against these guys. He said it was bad. What they planned was bad for society and people. It was, he wasn't allowed to speak in court. They classified him as sane rather than speaking court and have his, get his spiel out into the public. It says, coincidentally, he was also co-founder of Global Business Network. So Brandt, who gave you uh, The Grateful Dead, uh, LSD, um, uh, rock and roll, amongst other guys working with him, of course. Uh, and these are the guys, along with Brockman, who also created uh, scientists to be stars by pushing them to the top and really giving them the same PR promotion they give to rock stars. They give uh, them to scientists for the, so that you'll be run by experts and you'll believe the experts, the new priesthood. So he is a co-founder of the Globus Network. He works for Rockefeller Foundation, and he did the global. Um, he did a lot of the work for the Global Business Network. And every business, international business, who is anybody as a member of this study? They're all part of this big group working together. Everyone, I'll put that up for you as well. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. By the way, they're talking about some roving, roving gangs and all the rest of it and plagues coming, all that stuff. Back uh, tomorrow night, hopefully. And I'll see my satellite get close tonight for upload. <laughs>